introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. This week I've got Jared Berry on from Houston ISD, one of the largest districts in the entire country and the largest district, I believe, in the state of Texas. So he's got a big task ahead of him. He is over all of theater in that uh, district, which not every school has theater, but enough schools have theater to make it a heck of a job. And he's over their curriculum. He's a heck of a curriculum writer. Came from the middle school world, uh, taught many years in middle school, uh, but has just kind of a, an extremely positive outlook to things, extremely positive vibe. I don't think I've ever seen Jared frown or have a bad day uh, for as long as I've known him. He's just always just a heartwarming individual to get to know, or he's he is a heartwarming individual to get to know and, and is always just a heartwarming guy to see at the different events that we have around the state of Texas. And then just being a local guy, I get to see him even more often at uh, some of these teacher pedagogy parties that, that are thrown by Mr. Stuart Savage. Anyway, this has been probably one of the most, if not the most stressful week of my teaching career. And I'll tell you why. I had a student that was unable to perform in our show, male student, and he was the lead. He was our Nick in our uh, Great Gatsby. And he was unable to perform. And so we replaced him with our Wilson. And the kid that replaced him, we knew going into this, if he's our utility man. He can do anything. And we knew that even though we found out the Friday before the week that we opened, uh, Thursday, uh, that he could take this on. And that student did exactly that memorized an entire show and if you know anything about the great gatsby or the script version of the great gatsby the character of nick is on stage practically the entire show it's not about gatsby he's on stage quite a bit too but not nearly as much as nick and so it was a big role to fill well because of just the way that our that our that our that our show is blocked and the two dance numbers that we have in it yes it is a gatsby party uh, it was decided to put me into the show. And let me tell you, this is the first time I've ever been in a straight play. I've never, I'm 37 years old. I've never been in a straight play. I've only been in musicals. And so it's usually easier. People say this and I believe it to be true. It's easier to memorize musical lines, musical lyrics, of course, because it has a melody and the music. And that's pretty easy to figure out. I have had the worst time trying to memorize lines this entire past week and it has been a heck of a fun time for my students and I and my students ask me if I'm nervous to perform and I'm not nervous to perform I rarely get nervous to actually perform what I get nervous of doing or, or, or why I get nervous is because I don't want to let anyone down and so when I was with Straight No Chaser I would get nervous before shows because I didn't it wasn't me I was confident in my ability but I knew that if I did anything wrong I'd be letting those guys down, and they were my family. They were my brothers, uh, and it's the same with my students. They're not my family. They're not my brothers, but they're my kids, man. They're they are the the ones that I try to instill life lessons and teach theater, of course, and just uh, we have a good time. And if I let them down, that would crush me. And so our opening night came and went, and of course I didn't get all my lines right. But I am working with some just amazing students that luckily their uh, responses, their lines that, that they have are, are meant to cut me off, which is perfect because they see me floundering and I just, I start, they can see the sweat dripping off my brow. But anyway, it, uh, it's a fun time. And now we're going straight into a haunted house in the same space. We are literally destroying our stage our set everything and getting ready for a haunted house we're building it we're building a haunted house that took three weeks last year to do uh this year we're doing it in two and a half days so uh it's a little stressful having that 
rare Sunday call, which my people don't really care about because our Sabbath is always during shows. L'chaim, shalom, mazel tov. Anyway, please check out the shirts. Those shirts stopped selling this week on Thursday, Halloween. So the Minor Wisdom shirt stopped selling. There's another shirt out there, the Save the Drama for Your Mama. There are a couple things I'm just trying out. Please buy these shirts. Please purchase these shirts. They're fun shirts, and you can get them just in time for Thespian Festival, which is on the horizon a month away. I'm very excited about that. Excited about the Playworks. Uh, we had lots of entries for that. Excited about musical works. Excited about critic works. Excited about introducing film works. Uh, excited about late night events. We're going to have karaoke. I'm going to be kind of leading that. It, we're going to have themed bingo. It's going to be amazing. So we're, that is on the horizon. Please, again, if you are new to the podcast or old and just uh, haven't done it yet, please leave a five-star review. Please like, rate, tell your friends, all that stuff on any platform that you listen to podcasts. Without further ado, here is this week's Groner joke. Just in time for Halloween, what's a skeleton's favorite musical instrument? The trombone. And um, I am currently the theater curriculum specialist for all of Houston ISD, uh, 80 plus theater teachers. Um, and it's a, it's a joy of a position to have, it really is. Um, I love being able to help teachers out, answer questions, go to their campuses, see the work. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible gig to have. Uh, my background, I got started with theater when I was five. Yeah. Um, my mother uh, enrolled me in a class at a recreation center in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from, with a wonderful guy named Chuck Schlegel. Uh, and uh, Chuck was th this incredible combination of patient, brilliant, um, and uh, it, just, a, just a wonderful guy to be around and, and, and learn from. Um, I didn't know what a big deal he was in the Columbus theater scene until I was in high school. And I, I, I went to see a show at one of the local theaters and there was his name, he'd been the set designer. I found out that he was the director of some wonderful uh, theater in town and pretty much everybody in the Columbus theater scene had, had, had worked with him uh, sure. at some point. Um, so yeah, got, got started that way. And then um, grew up doing theater uh, in, uh, in, in high school. Uh, at, I went to Bishop Watterson High School in, uh, in Columbus. Um, and uh, I, 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 meant, I make sure to mention them because uh, when this podcast comes out, I'm gonna tag them uh, and uh, retweet them. Um, they've been, their, their current uh, director has been very active on social media and getting the word out about uh, the, the great stuff they're doing. Sure. And um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's been a, it's, I, I think it's a great school to be, to be an alum I'm at, of it. I had a, had a great time there. Uh, I went to Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio uh, for my undergrad. Uh, and I started out as an acting major and switched majors in uh, during my sophomore year. Um, they had told me during my freshman year uh, at, at Wright State, uh, I remember my the head of the acting program, Rocco, Rocco Dalvera, uh, telling me, um, he said, you know, Jared, you, you might be a director. <laughs> and, and, and I thought, oh, well, that's, that's interesting. And, and then the summer happened, went home and um, had a conversation with my mother about it, who actually concurred with that. And she said, oh yeah, even when you were six years old, we'd go to see a show and then you'd talk about how you would do it differently. <laughs> um, and so uh, sophomore year came and um, then it was right about middle of sophomore year, it was clearer and clearer to me that, no, I think I want to be a director. And so I changed my major to theater studies okay. um, and graduated with a BA in theater studies. Um, while I was pursuing the theater studies BA after I'd changed my major from acting, um, I had just a wonderful opportunity to assistant direct with our faculty uh, at Wright State. And then as a senior, 
there, I was allowed to direct a show in a faculty space with a budget from the department just before I graduated. I directed a production of The Taming of the Shrew. Um, and to have a department budget, to have a show that every acting major had to audition for, mm -hmm. uh, along with a, a musical that they were casting, and then haggling with a faculty director who was casting a chorus line, and I'm casting Taming of the Shrew, and we're, and we're you know, aud having auditions at the same time, and we're sending notes to each other on trading people and stuff, um, which I'd seen faculty directors do, and now I got to do it. Yeah. That, was, that was incredible. Um, graduated from Wright State, and um, I, I tell this story because um, in, in terms of background, it, I, I think it really was a decision point that, that became important later. Uh, and it's a story I've told on job interviews before. Um, right out of school, um, the first job I was supposed to have was going to be at a, at a brand new theater in, uh, in, in Middletown, Ohio. I was supposed to be the education director. Funding wasn't quite right for it, and, sure. and the job fell through before I started. And I moved home uh, to Columbus with my parents and took a temp job with Chase Manhattan doing data entry in the hmm. mortgage department. And after four days of that, I, I, I for me, it, it wasn't a great job. It's a great job for many people. Um, but that, for me, it wasn't such a great job. And I, I, I felt it, it was soul crushing, even mm -hmm. after four days. And I, after on the fourth day, I remember taking a bathroom break and looking in the mirror and having an out loud conversation with myself. <laughs> And, and, and I, I looked in the mirror, and out loud, I, I said, okay, what happens if, if, I, if I quit? Uh, what happens if I walk away right now today and quit? And I thought, okay, well, that means I'm going to be, li be living with my parents a little longer, and, and, and I don't want to do that. I want to move out. I'm 22. I want to be a 22-year-old person living on my own, doing my thing. And, 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 and I'll just do theater at night. It, it'll be okay. And then I thought, all right, what happens if I don't quit? And honestly, that scared me more. Yeah. What if I don't walk away from this right now? What, what kind of time am I going to lose that I could be doing other things, yeah. even though I might not be making a lot of money? And, and that terrified me, the idea of not quitting. So I went and saw my supervisor, um, and I, I, this is awful, I, I, I made up a lie. I said, oh, I promised someone I would do something today. And, and he's looking at his watch. Mm -hmm. He goes, it's 10.30, Jared. I went, I, I know. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. And I walked out. I called the temp agency. I said, I'm not spending another day there. Just send me my check. And I didn't know what to do. And my mother said, um, well, your, your old high school needs substitute teachers. Why don't you call them? Sure. You know? Uh, and, I, and I didn't think I wanted to be a teacher at the time. I, I had a BA in theater studies. I, I thought I wanted to go get an MFA in directing, you know, and um, so uh, called my high school and uh, they got me signed up to, to sub, started doing that. About a month into being on their roster of subs, a social studies teacher had a heart attack hmm. at the school and they said, would you go in for him? And I went in for him. Well, then it turned out he was going to be on a whole month. Right. And so I had to deliver curriculum to them, social studies curriculum. Yeah. I didn't have a social studies degree. I had almost enough credits in my undergrad for a political science minor. So <laughs> there's there's minor wisdom. You're a little that, interested that, in it though. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. And and so and it was a private school and so certification wasn't a thing that was right. you know needed legally. And so you know, using the textbook and then partnering with the other social studies teachers, one of whom had taught me before. Um, so I, I feel like there was this wanting to help extra, you know, from them. And uh, I taught social studies to seniors in high school for a month. Sure. And helped out with the musical that they were doing at the school. And in helping out with the musical, I thought, oh, okay, I, I, I want to be an artistic director at a theater company, but look at this. Look at this that I'm doing here at Watterson with them. I could be a, I could be a theater teacher. I could be a teacher and have my own theater company yep. in a school. How about I do that? Yep. And um, I thought, okay, well, that's the long-term goal. Um, and from there, uh, it wasn't very long after that, I got a job 
working in an arts integration program with the City of Columbus, teaching drama to elementary students through that. Um, after that, I ran a theater outreach program in a youth center called the Shortstop Youth Center in Columbus. Um, by the time I got the job at Shortstop, I, I was also directing stuff at night around town. Um, by the time I got the job at Shortstop, I knew I was probably a year away from going to graduate school and I was gonna take the year, which I told myself a year at Shortstop. And uh, I said, I'm gonna take the year to apply and visit and those things and yeah, ended up getting into Emerson College in Boston and um, got my uh, master's in theater ed from, from them. Um, my student teaching uh, was in the UK. I taught uh -huh. at uh, Shenfield High School in Essex uh, was that about, through your through Emerson? Uh, it wasn't through Emerson. I found that on my own. Okay. Uh, I contacted the British consulate in Boston in uh, September of '04. I had just come back from a summer in Europe, and uh, I'd been in the UK a few days. And I thought I could live here. That'd be fun. This is this yeah. is great. Yeah. And I contacted the British consulate in Boston, and they said, "Oh, here's a link to the Times Educational Supplement, where every teaching job in the UK is listed." Um, at the time, on any given day, there were, um, what was it, something like a thousand, ten thousand jobs? No, it was something like a thousand teaching jobs not filled. Wow. You know, and they were regularly importing, right. you know, uh, people from other countries to, to go and, and, and teach in their schools. Right. Um, at the time, under Blair's labor government, it was easier to do what I did. What I did is not possible now, according right. to their laws, but um, the job was open at a school in Essex and um, it had been advertised long enough that they could use non-European economic area, sure. non-EU citizens. They interviewed me, did over the phone in October of 04, um, and checked my references. And before I knew it, I was committed to going over for at least eight months, um, and my student teaching and my master's project were done at the school. I'd done all the classwork at Emerson yeah. I needed. And um, yeah, uh, six weeks after arriving, I'd agreed to stay another year. Um, uh -huh. And then in uh, July of 06, left there, and then I moved to Houston. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, a bit of a long background uh, for you. No, that's cool. I didn't, I, I didn't I don't know, know that part about yeah. about London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, yeah. yeah. I, and I don't know if you'll keep all of it. Oh, but I'm it's, keeping uh, all of it. I appreciate it. it <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, I, I think it's a good story for anybody who is maybe just out of college yeah. and maybe wants to find their place. Yeah, and and I mean, there's something to be said about there. There is a place. Like yes. the, you know, the, the, there's a there are a lot of college kids that are scared. Yes. You know, come April because mm -hmm. they're realizing, oh my gosh, I graduate mm -hmm. and I don't have a plan. Yeah. But there, there, there are things out there. I mean, just yes. the idea of of how you said, and I know it again. You said with the caveat of it's not necessarily possible as as easily possible or as readily possible now today in 2019. Right. But there's a possibility right. to to be able to do something like that to go teach abroad. Oh yeah. Even if it's oh, not in yeah. in in the UK. You know, oh, yeah. there are lots of these uh, English-speaking uh, schools that want us to come over because mm -hmm. we speak English. All, all but, over the world. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I actually turned down an, an opportunity to go to Bangalore, India yeah. in 2009. Okay. Um, I'd been at Pin Oak uh, in Houston uh, about three years, and I was thinking about doing the international thing yeah. again. And, um, yeah, there's there's tons of... Uh, of, of international opportunity if somebody cool. wants to do that. But really, as far as finding a, a niche in the theater world or the education world, or both, I'm a big believer in if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I want to, I yeah. mean, I would literally get this tattooed on me, but the saying, passion passion pays. Yes. And, uh, so that's what I was thinking about that when you were talking about working at the bank. Uh, yeah, yeah. About how you were worried about how you're going to make money. You're not going to yeah. get paid as much. Yeah. But you had the passion. Yeah. And 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 you had the drive. Mm -hmm. And that's that's ultimately what's going to pay you. You might suffer for six months. You might have to figure out how to just eat ramen noodles. But yeah. Um, 
but that passion eventually will pay you. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm a big believer in that. So, because uh, yeah. if you don't like what you're doing, absolutely, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, other people will know that, and, yeah. and it'll 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 be detrimental. So, yeah, yeah. So, w- first question is, how close were you to Touchdown Jesus? I don't remember how close Wright State is to to, Notre to the Dame? To, to, no, 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 to the to that big thing that's coming out of the pond or out of that man-made uh, oh my goodness. down the highway oh, down the interstate you yes, see that massive on 70. yeah yeah um, it, yes cuz i lived um, in cincinnati for a couple summers so oh, when yes, we would I think when I we would that. go to the airport yeah. CVG was so much more expensive yeah. to fly out of, so you'd drive to Dayton yeah. and uh, and fly out of there, and you yeah. always pass the massive oh, Jesus that got struck by lightning a few years ago. Yes. But yeah, yeah but, I uh, remember hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, I went past that numerous times. Yeah, numerous yeah. I times. just I just remember seeing that thing and being like, man, so just a project. That was a that oh, was a yeah. massive art project. Oh, is what that was. It gets your attention. I it mean, definitely gets your attention. It's it. I, I think of it. It's 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 a lot like. The Sam Houston statue. Yeah. On, oh, absolutely. On yep. Yep. Going up, you have to. Look it's a at landmark it. too. It's yeah. like you kind of know. Okay, I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so some curriculum questions. So yes. What now? Now that you're uh, kind of running a curriculum department for a, a number of high schools and middle schools and elementary and too. Elementary. Yeah. Large um, and elementary. Yeah. Uh, what is something as as a now supervisor uh-huh. that if you were to step back into the classroom. You'd be like, I'm going to make sure I, I check these boxes because oh. I've been able to see this from all of these different sources. What a great uh, question. Is there, is there yeah. something that kind of sticks out to you or a couple if, things? If that might... I went back into the classroom, yeah. oh, my goodness. Um, if I, I, I've actually, this is something I've, I've thought about a lot, like what if it were me in, in that role? Right. And I, I, sometimes when I'm watching a teacher, I have to, I have to remember they're, they're not me and I'm not them. Yeah. There are things they can bring that I can't do. Sure. Um, and and they and we must help them find what it is they can do that nobody else can do, so they can own that. Yeah. You know. Um, but if I went back into the classroom, I've. Uh, I think now that I've been not only in this position but previous to this, I was in campus administration for two years. Sure. Um, I think the first thing I would make sure to do is I would, it would be my goal to be the most patient teacher in the building. I've been doing a lot of personal reflections lately on times where I wasn't patient. Right. With students, with myself, Mm -hmm. with other people. and I don't know what it is. Maybe it was turned. That's weird coming yeah. from you because you come across as a very level-headed, like just kind yeah. of patient individual. So I appreciate that. yeah, but but well, and there there are times when I am real patient. Yeah. But but I don't know if it's turning forty a couple of years ago or <laughs> sure. what. But there's there's been a lot of me remembering lately yeah. moments when I wasn't patient, moments when I should have been, um, and. And it's it's largely isolated moments, which which I'm kind of glad of. Um, but yeah, I, I would make sure to be the most patient with hmm. with everybody, um, and um, that that would be the thing that I would look at first and foremost. Sure. I, I would, you know, you have to something uh, I, I've seen recently on. Um, on, on Twitter a lot from teachers. The first person I saw it from was Chastin Buttigieg, um, a theater teacher in his own right, right. Um, who wrote, you have to Maslow before you bloom. Interesting. You know, yeah. it's important that students' needs are met right. before you're going to, you know, want them to do this wonderful theater game or, or learn this curriculum about how to build this or, or how to... Or, or, or how to draw on your emotions to make this happen. Um, so yeah, it, it would be first and foremost, it would be social, emotional, and and um, and, uh, and 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 immediate needs of the students would uh, would be what I would be all about. Yeah. And I think I would also know. I, I would take advantage of the fact that I know about compliance. Um, there are things I've learned about in my admin training. Um, for example, FERPA. Yeah. The, 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 the privacy law when it comes to yeah. education, HIPAA for schools. I didn't learn about that until I got my administrator certification, yeah. you know. And that was the same. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's the kind of thing that I think classroom teachers really should know more yeah. about. It shouldn't yeah. just be on the administrator to call them out when they, 
when they violate it. Right. Make sure they have proper training. And usually it's on innocently. It. It's you yes. know they're not they're not meaning any sort of uh, malintent. You know they're they're right. not meaning to be cruel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A another one is, and I think theater teachers know about this a little bit, even if they can't name the Supreme Court case. But administrators are taught about the Hazelwood case. Yeah. Uh, which you know has to do, which is where our community, the community standards form for UIL comes from. Right. The principal or the superintendent can indeed censor something that is school sponsored. Now, you still must work with the publisher sure. to make sure that they're all right. Uh, and those, if Howard Sherman is listening to this, I can I can hear him getting ready <laughs> to tell. Me. I met him yesterday. <laughs> used to run the American Theater Wing, and yeah. now he works to fight censorship. Of, of theater in the professional world, the community theater world, and now secondary schools. Okay. Um, and the stories that <laughs> man can tell is incredible. What a pleasure it was to meet him. Good. Um, I spoke to him about uh, about Holy Day. Okay. He and I shared that uh, uh, shared that yesterday with him. Um, but yes, I, I think uh, knowing the compliance, knowing a bit more of the laws and those things, knowing what I am more aware of what the board in my district expects yeah. so much more than I was when I was in the classroom. So mm -hmm. I think taking advantage of that. Um, I think I would be a very effective fine arts chair of a campus, right. having been in this role, um, if I were to go back in the classroom. So, yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. uh, and then seeing all the, so not every campus has theater in, in HISD. Correct. Um, and no, I'm not talking about not just yet. elementary. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I know yeah. that's that's kind of one of your goals oh, here. Yeah. yeah. Um, where, like, what besides financial reasons, uh -huh. are there restrictions that you're trying to get past uh, to to sort of enrich these schools? Is right. it? Uh, and I don't want you calling anybody out. I, I don't need you naming names. But is it? Is it? Are you finding that it's more of an administrative issue? Uh, just a, it's literally just a community issue. That community is just not mm -hmm. created to support the the fine arts, whether it be theater or just band or mm -hmm. anything. Because I know some don't have bands as well. Mm -hmm. um, but is is that what's kind of one of the underlying goals? I know money's probably the main answer. Sure. Um, sure. But is there is there something is there a hurdle that you're trying to overcome okay. that? That isn't money necessarily. Yeah, um, our district is um, large. Large. Oh my goodness, large. seventh largest in the country, yeah. soon to be the sixth. Okay. Um, our former superintendent Richard Carranza would remind us of that. Yeah. Uh, that, that we were close to becoming yeah. the sixth. Um, I think, and and it's a it's a decentralized district sure. as well too. So meaning that when it comes to fine arts the principal of the campus is allowed to decide what fine arts yeah. are present. Our department, our fine arts department discovered through our research that there were 37, this was last year, there were 37 elementary campuses that didn't have any fine arts teachers at on all. the campus at all. Uh, now, Texas Administrative How many? Oh, how many elementaries are there? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, how many elementaries are there? I'm going to off the top of my head, uh, it's in the 80s, there isn't it? are elementaries in HI. Oh, elementaries in HISD total. Uh, we've got something like 130. Oh, it's even higher. Yeah, higher. Okay. about okay. half our campuses okay. Okay. are, are right. that. Uh, many of them are close to each other, right. uh, too, right. which is which is which I think it's a benefit. Um, so we discovered 37 elementary schools that had nothing at all. Now, yeah. Texas Administrative Code says that in elementary school from kindergarten to fifth grade, students must get the TEKS yeah. for theater, visual art, and music. Yeah. It does not, but, but it's really broad on, in terms of certification, who, who can deliver that? those TEKS. Yeah. <laughs> classroom teacher can deliver, a classroom teacher who is a generalist, who teaches them English, math, science, and social studies, can also sure. legally teach them theater, music, and visual art. Kelsey Kling, if you're listening, I hope I got that right. <laughs> I think I did get it right. Um, because we have people who are certified as generalists that are that are teaching fine arts all day sure. in, in, in our campuses. Um, now, we discovered 37 that had no one. My boss, uh, Wendon Sanders, fine arts director for Houston ISD, took that to the superintendent mm -hmm. and her cabinet, and he said, uh, we have 37 that don't have anything, and he talked about Texas Administrative Code. And what our wonderful superintendent said was, okay, um, let's fix that. Sure. She said, we can't fix it in one fell swoop, 
but we're going to start in 2019, 2020. All 37 of those campuses are getting a fine arts right. teacher. Right. And, and then she went to her financial people and she said, find me a million dollars and we're going to get them 20,000 or so in supplies sure. to start. Three, so after we did that, three elementary campuses, the three elementary principals said, could we have theater? <laughs> so they worked with us to yeah. get three theater teachers hired. Um, and they've got three wonderful people working at Franklin Elementary School and Q Henderson Elementary School and Seguin yeah. Elementary School. These went. These schools went from having no fine arts at all, and now they all. Each of the three has a wonderful theater teacher in them, um, and they all got twenty thousand dollars or so of supplies sure. to start them with. They all got. Uh, they're all getting uh, lighting upgrades and sound upgrades. Um, they're. They've got um, storage, uh, some, uh, and 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 uh, some some play libraries that uh, sure. that went to them to start them off. Um, and they are part of our focus of support. Um, now, as far as what may be in the way of making sure that every elementary, middle, and high school in HISD has theater, I think because we're decentralized, what needs to happen is the communities that don't have them need to be in a position to see the benefit. Right. That's been happening. Yeah. And I'm terribly proud terribly wonderfully <laughs> proud to report both that yeah that um, since our department has come into being and, and when I say that um, what I mean is before I had my job it strengthened it's, yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, expanded yeah, largely yeah, yeah. Um, it used to be one person yeah. that was the curriculum manager for fine arts for the whole yeah. district Walter Smith wonderful guy did the very best that he could right. um, in, in his limited capacity. And then what they did was they expanded us to have a fine arts director, to have one person for theater, right. one person for dance, one person, two people for visual art, two for music, one for arts integration, a grants coordinator, right. and an administrative assistant to keep us all in line. Uh, Imelda, <laughs> I love you very much. Very oh, much. Oh, so, so there's the Imelda. That's there our Facebook about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Love okay. her to pieces. <laughs> Um, and so now that we've expanded, you know, how we are, um, you know, we can do research on those things and, and, and help out a little more. Um, since we've come into being in the form we're in, there, there have been two years of rifts, reduction in force sure. in Houston ISD due to um, sending money back to Austin, right. you know, because we are in recapture um, and, and, uh, and, and property taxes and, and some other things. Um, so we've had rifts for two years in a row. Well, despite the rifts, Theater has grown. Sure. In elementary, in middle school, and in high school, in all three of those, and I've I've got a handy dandy chart somewhere showing the growth. Yeah. Uh, over the I mean, we, 28 people teach in middle school. Right now, we had 20 uh, when I first got the job. Yeah. Um, it's elementary has grown as well. Uh, like I say, as is high school, um, and we're immensely proud of that. I think what has been happening is principals are talking to each other. Yeah. And they're bragging on their theater teachers. And they're seeing the work and they're seeing the benefit. We're also a district of choice. Right. Our district owes its legality to that. It's it's what our, and, and I was a magnet coordinator at school, so this is yeah. something I can speak to as well. Um, anybody who's zoned to, anybody in HISD doesn't necessarily have to go to their zone campus, they can Correct. apply to another one. You experienced that I, as, a, yeah. as a PVA graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Were you also, were you zoned to Welch? I was zoned to, well, I was zoned to Welch, okay. zoned to Sharpstown. Right. Uh, attended Welch, I did go to Welch, yeah. and thank God, because Beyonce Gail. went there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, sure, Gail, 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 yeah, whatever. Was uh, Allison Bricker there when <laughs> yeah. you were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Allison? So, yeah, I know, Lori, I mean, I was Lori Bricker. Yeah. Uh, uh, our families are real tight, and her, I want to say, um, co her cousin, Liz Smith, yeah. who, uh, Anyway, the, yes, we're we're all very tight. I mean, that's the Jewish community too. Yeah. We all we were all raised together. My si Allison is my sister's age. Okay. Um, yeah. So that so they were a lot closer than yeah. than, than uh, she and I were. But yeah, I know. Yeah. Allison was the social worker at Pin Oak. Okay. When I was there. When you were there. Okay. Yeah. She's a yeah. good friend. Yeah. She and I she's like she's a, a great social worker too. Yes. My sister is a social worker, so they yeah. have that in common as well. Oh but wow. Yeah. So she's she's been up in Santa Fe though at Santa Fe High School. Oh yeah. Uh, so helping them and. Uh, oh. 
so it's but it's been a she's had a great experience up Your there so yeah, yeah 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 she, she's putting a lot of miles on her car I believe uh, it. I believe <laughs> but, it. The, the, but the work she's doing there but is, yeah is so I, I I experienced that though um, uh, the the choice because I almost did not go to Welch but because oh, yeah. of and I, I love Gail Silver I mean, she. I owe Me my life to her, but you, because of Larry Dogslogger, yes, who uh, was at Welch at the time and mm-hmm. had this had this Humphrey School background because yeah. he was doing tuts. Yeah, um, he's the reason I actually stayed and went to Welch. And now Larry oh. and I are great, great friends. He's great he's in Vegas he now. Did yeah, with you. Yeah. So, uh, but it. he's teaching in Vegas now. Um, uh, after finally getting his degree and then getting a master, I mean the the guy's incredible. But yeah. uh, but then I went to school and, and experienced Gail Silver. Yeah. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because because when I went there, it was in the '90s. You know, it was uh, mid '90s when I was at Welch, and there was this massive following and huge. Um, Everybody knew Welch Middle School mm-hmm. put on these amazing shows, uh-huh. you know, competitively with Johnston, of course, now Meyerland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and 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 we did. I mean, we did these these massive shows. We yeah. Did, it was it was incredible what we did. I remember doing Forty Second Street. Yeah. At a high or at a middle school, mm-hmm. and and you're just like, this is incredible. And Christy yeah. Wilson, who Christy Wilson, Christy. Daily now, I guess because she's married to Craig Daly, but uh-huh. uh, Christy Wilson was this big star uh, on the stage. And yeah, we just and she's still running a bunch of theater, you know, helping with theaters in, in, um, yeah. in Houston. But it was um, it was incredible to like think about who was all there when I was at Welch. Uh, Jose Cruz was there, Enrique Cruz, Jose yeah. Ho, Astros, Jose Cruz's son. Oh, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Beyonce, of course, was there, which mm-hmm. every, nobody, none of my students, let me forget. Uh, <laughs> and then Kelly Rowland, Calendria Rowland, but yeah. you know, there, uh, uh, Tyrone Sharp. There were all these people there that, at this time, at Welch Middle School in the mid '90s, it was like this. Ma- I mean, I was there, of course, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Massive well, talents. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but That's it was it was incredible just mm-hmm. to have all these to think back now at who was at the school and then a lot of them go on to Bel Air yeah. uh, and that's when they win their, their the national cha- or the uh, yeah the national championship they win it with Jose Cruz and Brian yeah. Bormaster and um, it was it was a great time in HISD at that moment and Paul uh-huh. Munson was at Bel Air yeah. I mean, he was there many years after but and then with I love Gail you, Paul. yeah but then with Gail you know mm-hmm. and and when Gail went there and I know she had unfortunate circumstances as to why she left Welch but yeah. um but when they joined together, I'm like, yeah. holy crap! Like yeah. that's th- th- you got a state-winning director with with if there was middle school one act play, she would have been a state-winning. You know what I mean? If, like if like middle school one act play at the time. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if, if it was yeah. one of these things that existed, right. th- those were two powerhouses, and it just made yeah. Bella. I, I mean, it was incredible. So, yeah. um, my experience with HISD is jaded because when mm-hmm. when I when I talk to people like you or, or, uh-huh. or a Philip Taylor who, who talks about, I mean, the guy's knowledgeable about everything, oh, yeah. about how little theater there is in HISD and how it's struck, and not little, I say little, but how, how it's not in every school. I'm thinking mm. as a Fort Bender yeah. Yeah. that why doesn't every school have this, yeah. you know? And then you think about the size of the district and how yeah. it's, it's magnified and, well, and you and know. The fact that it's decentralized. Yeah, and it's, de- know, yeah, and, and also and, Houston yeah. is not, um, uh, Zoned. It's not a zoned Correct. city. Correct. Well, it's it, there. There are there are zones. There are in if, portions of If you of it, buy yeah. a home in Houston ISD, there is an elementary, middle, and high school that your home is zoned. Oh, to. sorry. I don't mean yeah. sorry. I don't mean district zoning. Oh, I oh, mean oh. I I mean like residential zoning. Like oh, so. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. No, uh, no, no zoning laws. Yeah. No zoning yeah. laws residentially. Yeah. 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 No. I mean I, I know the district is is right. zoning, but um, but it's just one of those things that uh, it it blows my mind. Yeah. That. Not every school has it, but then I realize, well, right. there are 130 plus elementaries, <laughs> or, you know, elementaries. and 260 plus, 280 plus total campuses. Yeah, so in, and, in and so I see exactly why. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, that's the struggle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, we would. That's a lot of teachers. Yeah. It's it's it yeah. and, and it because we're decentralized. You know, like I say, every principal gets to decide what they're going to have, and it's I believe the way to make that progress is, you know, ju- just like I mentioned. For them to talk to each other and hear the great things that are happening sure. at other campuses, and when it comes to being a district of choice, when elementary students are looking for middle schools, that's something they and their and their yeah. parents can seek out. If their zone campus doesn't have theater, yeah, they can They'll apply to yeah. five that do have it. Right, and if a 
And if a principal, you know, at that given middle school that doesn't have theater, if they can get wind of the fact that people are applying, they're starting to lose away, kids. Yeah, sure. The, mm-hmm, and and so it it can become a, and I think it has become at the schools that right. have, that have gained it. It it's a business decision. Yeah. To, so, to so of the schools that do have theater, uh-huh. and, and, and I know this is a level thing, elementary is different than middle than high, how do you keep those schools equitable? Uh, how do you fairly kind of, because yeah. in Fort Bend there's a big push, and I, and sure. I know it's less schools, but sure. there's a push to keep everybody equitable so that right. if little Johnny leaves school A uh, because uh, he's going to live with mommy now and he's right. going to school B, they're not right. missing out. It's not like they're walking into a different environment and it's completely different. Sure. Um, uh, you know, you know there are going to be some differences, obviously, but how yeah. do you keep those schools somewhat level, knowing full well that that's going to be a struggle to, right. to keep that? Um, we have a district-written curriculum sure. for them. Um, and... Well, I, I, I will say this, um, because we're decentralized, one thing that um, a lot of people in Houston ISD will tell you is that the, a, a beauty that they celebrate is that the campuses are all different. Sure, yep. Johnny, if you're going from campus A to campus B, there's a lot of things over here that exist here. That you're not, that you, you wouldn't have gotten, to have. sure. And so it's going to be, the, the way they sell that to Johnny and his parents is it's going to be embrace the difference, it, embrace it, the change, embrace the yeah. difference, embrace yeah. the new. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I, and, and I wasn't raised in the UIL world, uh-huh. uh, but one Neither thing that, I. I, yeah, one mm-hmm. thing I love about the UIL world and one mm-hmm. thing I, I, uh, this is one reason I didn't enjoy the Katie experience of UIL. Uh-huh. Um, I, I mean, trust me, working under Pam Wilson was an experience and an experience I hated and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that had nothing to do with her was that almost all of our uh, performing arts centers were the same. Yeah. So you... The you, Katie standard, I think yes, they call it. Sure. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you went from zone to district to, at that time, area. Right. And you never... Cha- the stage never changed. You right. might have gone to a different school. And the students know where things are yeah, operated. And, and, and but things, one thing I love mm-hmm. about it, I love the home field advantage idea. Like, mm-hmm. if we're going to perform at Katie High School, mm-hmm. those kids should have a little bit of an advantage. And mm-hmm. I think that that's okay. Yeah. But then when everybody advances, now we're heading off to uh, Cinco Ranch High School, right. which has a completely different space. And I want a completely different space because right. I want my kids adapting um, right. and, and figuring out and troubleshooting. Sure. I, enjoy, I love the heck out of that element Um, so whenever we in Fort Bend we've hosted every year we're hosting Mm -hmm. again this year I love hosting because that's all we did at HSPVA so Bob Singleton made me like you know turn me into a robotic UIL when I play host yeah yeah I just I just know how to do it but um one thing I like is if when when we advance out of Dulles yeah my kids are shocked you know when 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 they go to another school because they've been they not only have been rehearsing on the same stage, then they're performing for zone or district on that same stage. And, and then they walk into a new space. We went to Ridgepoint a couple years ago, which the stage is the size of this table that we're sitting at. Yeah. It's very small, yeah. but nobody knows that about Ridgepoint because right. Ridgepoint is the quote unquote wealthy school. Yeah. Uh, but then the yeah. kids walk in thinking they're gonna have fly systems and moving lights and LED, yeah. and then they walk in and the stage is super compact. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, let's go. Let's set yeah. up our set. And, yeah. uh, I enjoy that. I yeah. like that. Um, F- funny story about that, actually. Um, our, it was the last year before UIL had gone to six conferences, sure. and for our 5A contest, we were doing it at Madison High School's old building, and there were two or three directors that, when they saw the, and I was contest managing uh, their zone and their districts, and um, when they got the dimensions for the stage. There were two or three directors going, that's too small. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. And then one of our very smart directors said, well, wait a minute. The dimensions at, um, was, it was, State was at UT at the time. Was it Bass? Bass, it was yeah. Ba- yeah. One of our very smart directors went, well, actually, the dimensions at Bass. Smaller. <laughs> are just a few feet, a few inches larger than what we're going to deal with at Madison. So, and their argument was Madison can prepare us to be compact for state. If that happens, that actually happened to be uh, the 2014 year, which is 
when Carnegie won their first sure. state contest. They, yeah. So they did zone and district in a small space. Yep. And then went to, at the time, by district wasn't a thing. And then they went to area sure. at Sanjac and region at a larger space. Yep. And then had to, because they'd had the experience at Madison, they knew yep. how to compact it yeah, back so, down. So uh, right or wrong, because I've never been to state. I mean, I've seen state. I've uh -huh. never uh, competed at state. But uh -huh. uh, with Pam, we went to region a couple of times. But yeah. um, uh one thing that at Dulles that I've adapted, mm -hmm. or not adapted, adopted, is the idea that the set's going to be s more central. Yeah. And that we'll just eliminate lighting areas to if if we're on a larger stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that way, if we have to go to a smaller school yeah. or a smaller stage, mm -hmm. everything's already central. Yep. And we just we just figure out lighting. You know, because yeah. light, lighting can easily adapt. Yeah. Um, Enough about all that boring education stuff. What I want to, <laughs> so you went to Wright State. Correct. You didn't go yep. to Ohio State. Nope. But you're sitting next to your red jacket I do. right now. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm from I'm from Columbus right. originally, and when you grow up in Columbus, the Ohio. Sorry, yeah. I, I didn't say the Ohio State. I, I apologize. <laughs> Ohio State. So uh, when what? You, when you what, grew up in Columbus, it's the law. So, yeah, but but I mean, like, do do you wear that at at Wright? Like, is do there I wear a weird that at Wright State? Um, I have not worn that at Wright State, right. but it wasn't a secret when I went there that I was an Ohio State fan. Wright and I'm State, assuming you're not the only one. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Wright State yeah. doesn't have a football team. They have basketball, though. They do have basketball. That's how people know about Wright State because yeah, of the March Madness. And I'm when assuming, Wright yeah. State plays Ohio State in basketball on those rare that's occasions, big... I root for Wright State because that's okay. my alma mater. Well, in yeah. Ohio State's... Yeah. Fairly or unfairly, not really well known for for basketball. They had what's his name a few years ago. Uh, John, well, in the sixties, they had John Havlicek. And, and, well, and let's those not guys hold on. That's like me holding on to Fi Slam and Jamo. <laughs> Which is fine. I think that's fine to hold on. Or like to. right now, we're sitting in Dallas, and they're still celebrating their Super Bowl oh. uh, victories from the nineties. But whatever. Tom Landry uh, is a saint here, and he should be. <laughs> yeah, you know? but Troy Boy is my mother-in-law calls uh, Troy Aikman. <laughs> um, just loves him. But so so it wasn't super awkward to yeah. to be of the Ohio State a Buckeye no. fan at Wright State. Not at all. No no no. Not no. I, I, not not at all. It was uh, it's just one of those things. But the, the thing is, I did take over uh, one of the summers between was it between sophomore and junior year? Between junior and senior year, I took a class at Ohio State okay. in the summer. Um, so I can claim, did you get a ring? I did not get a ring, <laughs> but but I can claim alumni status. And do they send you anything in the mail to to, to pay I, for you know an alumni I association? I used to be paying. I used to be a dues paying member to the Houston chapter of the alumni yeah. association, and I would get some things in the mail every once in a while. My parents are both um, graduates of okay. the Ohio State. My okay. dad has his undergrad from there, and he has his master's uh, in educational administration from Xavier University okay. in Cincinnati. Yep. My mother has two degrees from Ohio State. Okay. My aunt uh, has her undergrad and uh, her MD. She's right. a medical doctor from Ohio State right. uh, as well. Right. Um, so it's there's a lot of family uh, connection to it that way. We, we uh, at UH would always say, of course you bleed red, right? Yeah. I mean, we all bleed red. Everybody yeah. bleeds red. So go go kooks, right? That's right. Uh, That's but then right. Rice would come around and say, well, you know, blood is blue before it hits oxygen. Anyway, uh, that sounds like smart ass Rice, Rice people. Say. Yeah. Uh, last couple things. Sure. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about wrestling. Oh, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I sat I'm not here. not as up on it as you well, are I know, in but the contemporary. So, so for, for, yeah. for, the, for the two people that listen, um, the one of the fun Hi, Jay. <laughs> Hi, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Jay and Julio. Um, <laughs> and, oh, well, Stewart, three people. Yeah, um, but Mandy So a fun story with yeah. you that, that I th I'm sure you remember oh, about yeah. Jay and I sitting on the floor at, at, at a, I believe it was Raw. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a Monday Night That's Raw. Right. That's what I and then we posted on Facebook, and then you texted me, I think, yeah. or or, or some, we got in, <laughs> we got Somehow. into contact, and yeah. you were there with your nephew. Is that I right? I was there with, and I and I can't believe I haven't mentioned these folks yet, and I do want to give them a shout out. Um, or Godson my, or something. Yeah, yeah, my best friend John, um, who I'll who who I'd love to tell you a story about because it involves how we got to Houston sure. before before we're done. Um, that's my godson, Jackson, Okay. Um, who is, he and his dad, my best friend John, are way into wrestling. Right. And when Monday Night Raw was scheduled, John texted me and he said, hey, would you and, and, and Valerie, that's that's my wife, hi honey, I love you, <laughs> um, would you and Valerie like to come to, to, to Raw with us? And so um, we went to Raw with John and Jackson and my, and, uh, and, and um, John's wife, Dorothy, 
and my principal's husband, <laughs> who was uh, Ron Graves, who's a great guy, uh, and we were and, and we watched Raw there together. Um, yeah, that's that's how that that's, that's how that happened. Yeah, yeah. John and Dorothy uh, are the reason I'm in Houston. Okay, so, um, it was. July of, June, July of 06, I was, June of 06, um, I was looking for, I was living in England, I was looking for a job in the U.S., and John and Dorothy were about to get married. Dorothy was, at the time, an English teacher at Pin Oak Middle okay. School. And um, the theater position at Pin Oak opened up literally a week before their wedding. And I was already going to be flying into right. that. And so John texted me internationally, and he said, theater position at Dorothy's school is open the principal is going to be at our wedding. You should apply for it. And so I apply for it. Well, John was actually on his way to another wedding where the principal was going to be. Huh. And he spoke to the principal at that wedding. And, and the principal said, well, why should I hire your friend? And John went, so we can hang out and drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> so send my resume to the principal. And um, then principal writes back to me, I fly into Houston on a Thursday. I interview for the job on a Friday. The wedding is on Saturday. I talked to the principal a little bit more at the wedding reception. My dad, my mom and dad were attending the, the wedding as well. My dad, who was uh, an assistant principal in the, at a high school at the time, comes up to me at the reception and he says, is, is the bald guy over there the principal of Pinoak? <laughs> I said, yes, he's the one who interviewed you yesterday. Yeah. My dad goes, okay. So my dad goes over to him, and my dad casually proceeds to interview Mr. McDonough <laughs> from Pin Oak. And then when I'd been, and then I was offered the job like a week later. Sure. And initially, I didn't want to take it. I wanted to move back to Columbus. I'd been international. I, I wanted to go back home. And it was my dad in a, in a phone call who said, you know, that's a great principle. Sure. And, you know, you move to Houston, you're going to have John and Dorothy there. Right. And, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a couple hours plane ride away right. if, if you do that. So he said, it's really a good situation. Um, and he said, I, I think you may want to reconsider right. Houston. And so that, that was the thing. that John and Dorothy sort of gave me the in and gave me the opportunity. Right. And then, you know, it, through them that happened. But then it was my dad that convinced me. Right. And I'm... I'm eternally grateful that he did because right. it's been such an. Because now you don't have winter. That's that's right. Yeah, <laughs> golf in February. You know, if right. if you can do it. And so yeah, I mean, when I go back to Columbus Thanksgiving time, yeah. oh my goodness, there've yeah. been some where it's just been brutal. And I tell them, you don't you don't have to live in this. Yeah. You could. Yeah, follow could me be, to freedom. Yeah, be away from winter, guys. So. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jared. Thank you, yeah. Blake. Minor.